Time now for the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the cards, Danny Mack, and Cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Hey, it's a Tuesday on 101 ESPN, our podcast, the Redbird Report with Brad Thompson. I'm Dan McLaughlin. I'm in Kansas City. Brad back home in St. Louis. And good afternoon, Brad. How are you? Dan, I got to tell you this. I miss you already. I mean, it's it's been two days, uh, but it feels like a lifetime. I'm doing great, man. I saw you spent the morning at the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. Are you kidding me? Look at you. It was awesome. Uh, visiting with Bob Kendrick over at the museum. Um, I try to go over there every time the Cardinals are in Kansas City. Bob is the curator. And uh, it started for him. He was working at the Kansas City Star. How cool is this? And they gave him an assignment. They said, hey, go do this thing on the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. This guy, Buck O'Neill, he played there. And there's some Negro League baseball players that are trying to get this thing going. And uh, why don't you go over there and take a look at it? So he walked in, and the museum was an office. Brad, that's how it started. And now you have this thriving, beautiful museum with donations coming in from all over the world to keep the memory of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum and the players alive. And the best part is uh, the great, late, great Buck O'Neill, who signed, by the way, Lou Brock, uh, is headed to Cooperstown this summer. It's been long overdue. He's done so much for baseball, done so much here in Kansas City. But it's, it's great to see that uh, Buck O'Neill is headed to the Hall of Fame. That's fantastic. It, it, that is fantastic. And I still have not had the opportunity to go check it out in person. So anytime I'm there in Kansas City next time, I'm definitely going to do that. And I do suggest people listen. First of all, I mean, tell your friends uh, about the Redbird Report. You should be listening to this. And then when you have a little extra time, listen to Black Diamonds. That's uh, Bob Kendrick's podcast. Uh, in tells all kinds of great stories about uh, different Negro League players and just kind of what they went through. Um, It is fantastic. Dan, I know that you've listened to uh, Black Diamonds. It's really cool to get a little bit of that history and that perspective. And uh, the the best thing that we did a – an interview today and matter of fact he was getting ready to to do a podcast this afternoon but the best thing that i saw when i was over there brad is that we had limited time to visit so we, we spoke for probably 30 minutes 45 minutes something like that and caught up but there's two things one a school uh, classroom came in and uh and bob is just telling them about the negro leagues and they're reading a book about it so then they got to see the statues and the the artifacts and the memorabilia from some of those players. And then the other thing that was great was that I ran into Willie McGee, who was there with his wife. And uh, we were talking about Bob and, and the job that he's done. So, again, for any Cardinal fan that uh, listens to this, and, again, why aren't you if this is your first time to the Redbird Report, uh, take it in. It, it'll be worth your time. It's a quick visit. It's not huge, but there's a lot of things to take in, and it makes it a lot of fun. Um Okay, let's get into the Cardinals. Uh, they win yesterday, Brad, and so they'll play tonight. By the way, tomorrow's game has been moved up to 12-10 because of apparently inclement weather coming through Kansas City. So 12-10 tomorrow. But uh, the Cardinals, they get the, the first inning home run from Paul Goldschmidt, and then after that, the Cardinals went 3-for-25 uh, with a walk. So right now, it's a small margin for error, and they're not making many in the field, pitching-wise, base running, but they got to get the offense going, no doubt about it. Yeah, look, uh, we'll start with the good news, as you mentioned. The Cardinals have had little to no offense, a very middling offense at best, and they still find themselves at 13-9, and nine, just a game and a half behind the Milwaukee Brewers. That is the good news. 
But to your bigger point, this offense has to be a thing that carries the team. The offense can't be a luxury item. What we've got out of the starters so far, especially this turnaround, has been really impressive. I mean, you look at the starting rotation for the Cardinals. They're eighth in Major League Baseball in ERA. They're right in the middle of the pack, 15th or 16th in innings pitched per start. When you have one starter that you know is only giving you two, three innings at a clip and building up in Jordan Hicks, that's actually pretty impressive to even be in the middle of the pack. So those guys have given you a chance. The bullpen has been really, really good. And maybe we'll get into Ryan Helsley and how that ninth inning looks now because, geez, they got some good options back there. But this Cardinals offense, and I don't, I don't, know, I don't care what area you're looking at, Dan, it's subpar. Like, it just is. When you're talking about contact rate is in the middle of the pack, which is fine. Their chase rate is the second highest in baseball. They got the highest pop-up rate. They got the lowest hard hit rate in baseball. And you got some of the best darn players around. Nolan Arenado's doing his thing. Goldie is heating up. But those two guys can't carry the offense. Tommy Edmond has been really good and great to see him back in the lineup today in this uh, first game in Kansas City as he was resting the hip issue that he had to leave the game with on Sunday. But that's not enough. Like, more guys have to get clicking. And you just wonder, like, does it does it just snap into place in May? What do you think? 100%. I mean, when you look at the lineup right now, a lot of big names um, that should be contributing. And you're talking about DeYoung. You're talking about uh, Tyler O'Neill. You're talking about Dylan Carlson. And where are these guys right now? And he gave some glaring numbers, and that is of concern for the Cardinals and that's why the margin for error to win these games is very, very slim. Uh, the bullpen has been remarkable for St. Louis, and they have limited so much damage. I think the Cardinals right now are only like eighth in home runs allowed. Uh, they're among the leaders in the soft contact allowed, among the leaders in double plays turned, so we know that. And I guess the, the main thing that people want to hear about is Nolan Gorman, and at what point do you, do you say, well maybe we ought to give this a shot, you know, and there's a lot of different layers to this, Brad, but it's something that uh, as long as he keeps putting up numbers and uh, he pushes the issue, he makes you think about it, which makes this uh, a very interesting scenario for the Cardinals. It's a great problem to have if you got a young player that forces his way onto the team just because he can't stop hitting, and maybe that's something they have to look at. No, it is. And uh, to your point with Nolan Gorman, he's hitting for average. He's hitting 321. He's getting on base at a 372 clip, and he's got a 1141 OPS. Guy's got 11 home runs, leads all of uh, minor league baseball. By the way, Juan Yepes hit his ninth. Uh, you know, so I mean, you got wow, a couple of guys that, that yeah. didn't make the ball club uh, that combined for 20 home runs now between, between the two of those guys. But let's get into some of the layers of Nolan Gorman, right? I mean, he's done everything he can to force uh, the hand of the big league level. Uh, we know that Tommy Edmond is arguably the best second baseman in the game or at the very least he's in the conversation with what he does defensively and oh by the way he's swinging it so you really don't want to move him Paul DeYoung is struggling when Sosa is getting a chance Sosa has struggled offensively nobody has just grabbed a hold of that job and say it's mine but the club is reluctant to put Tommy Edmond over at shortstop and I think I agree I, I, I just agree due to the fact that I know how good he is at second and at least I have a known quantity there when you look at the idea, Dan, of moving Tommy from second to short, what are your initial thoughts? Uh, I can understand it, number one. Uh, number two, I don't like Robin Peter to pay Paul, uh, for lack of a better term, and I'm not talking about Paul DeYoung. So, um, I, Paul's getting paid already, Dan. Good point. Um, the thing is about it, Brad, is that Tommy wins the gold glove last year the metrics are off the charts, right? And you get into it, I get into it. 
they're better this year. So if you're going to have a team that is reliant upon pitching and defense, I'm not sure I need to move Tommy Edmond. I think I've got to think of other ways and get creative if you make a move. And But the, the point is, I'm keeping Tommy where he's at. I, I think I, I don't want to move him, and I, I don't think the Cardinals want to move him either. So uh, I'm with you on that, and I don't think that you have to. I know Mo talked about this the other day with Nolan Gorman. He was happy with the start that he had, but then he referenced Tommy at second base, and he said that if Nolan is there, he's got to play every day. I believe that he needs to be in the lineup almost every day. I don't think that he has to play every day. I think that Nolan Gorman could get some DH at-bats, the the at-bats that Dickerson are taking. With all due respect to the veteran Dickerson, I'd like to see what you have in Nolan Gorman. I, I haven't seen Dickerson barrel up the ball, hit the ball hard. He's had some big hits in spots, but I'd like to see what Nolan Gorman could potentially do in a situation like that where he is just swinging it. And again, it's a tough job for a young player to do to simply be a DH. Usually there's something to clear the mind if you have a bad at-bat, you have to go out to your position, like you have to figure that job out. It's not an easy thing. It's actually something that Dickerson is dealing with currently, but I still think there there are the at-bats there. I think there are the days where you can give Tommy Edmond a day off. Nolan Gorman can play second. You want to get Nolan Arenado off his feet at third base? Guess what? Gorman is a natural third baseman. That's perfect. You want to give Dylan Carlson a day off? Bump Tommy Edmond out to right. I get it. We'd like to keep him at second base, but we saw what he did early in the season last year in right field. If you want to get some more offense in, potentially throw Gorman there at second base, Tommy Edmond out at right. I just think that they're, you're at a point right now with your offense. It's, it's a small sample size, yes, but it's still sixth of your season. I mean, it, it's enough where you look at it and say, this could maybe use a little bit of a tweak, and sometimes creativity is key. And I, I do think that creativity, whether it be in the bullpen or the rotation with you know Jordan Hicks or just uh, you know making your lineup different every day, I don't think creativity is a thing that Ollie Marmol shies away from. Do you? 100% agree. No. And uh, I, I think we're seeing that at times with some of his moves. You have to look deep into some of the moves. Yeah, he's trying to win today. But, like, for instance, over the weekend against Arizona, um, he wanted to keep a game tight in a safe situation so that the opposition would uh, use their closer for a second consecutive day. And then potentially, if they didn't come back in that game, well, they can't use the closer tomorrow. Things of that nature. You know what I mean? you you got to go deep into some of the things that he's doing, um, and I, I love it. I, I think he's been great. Uh, I was talking, like I said, with Willie today. We were talking about Ollie, and he said, boy, Ollie is just even keel. Bright guy, even keel, great with the players. And uh, I, But going back to the original point, I want to go back just for a second, to the original point of the Gorman thing, I'm with you. If he's here, he's got to play, and you're, you're virtually getting nothing from the left side of the plate with your designated hitter spot. I guess the question then becomes, Brad, how much longer do you let that happen when you have a young guy like he is doing what he's doing in the minor leagues? You may have to cut bait. You may have to do some things, get rearranging guy, whatever. But he's got to play. But also you look at production from the DH spot on the left side. It's just not there right now. No, you're you're right. And uh, you think about it just your next level, okay? You're, the next layer of it is let's say they do make the move. Forget the corresponding move. Okay, just, just Nolan Gorman gets called up to the big leagues, and somehow, some way, he's going to be in the lineup darn near every day, except for against the tough lefty, lefty potentially. 
how long do you give him if he struggles? Because it's crazy to think that a, a guy is just going to come in and he's going to be on fire just like he was at AAA. These pitchers are big, uh, a lot better. Uh, the the lights are different. Everything's different about being in the big leagues. The pressure is a lot different. So how long of a leash do you give that guy? And then you have to worry about, okay, well, if I have to send him back, what does that do for him? Like there's so many different variables that on the outside we don't think of as a fan watching the game. You say, that guy's tearing it up. Bring him here. But you have to think four or five steps down the road of what it's going to do to your team in the right here, right now. And you also have to think about what it's going to do to a player down the road potentially as well. So I don't think it's as cut and dry as a lot of people think it is. Well, and that's where you get into the nuts and bolts of the numbers. And then you start talking about human beings, right? So he comes up and you say, well, does this guy feel like he is a uh, he has to be the savior? You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, yes. hey, we're having problems from this side of the plate and DH, and uh, now we're calling you up because you're hitting bombs everywhere, so go do your thing. Well, it doesn't work that way. Now, it could. It, it's happened before. But this is where I, I try to caution people is that he did cut down on his strikeout rate a lot a year ago. It was good. Real, real nice job in that over the full season. But I would anticipate that goes on the rise. Swing and miss rate goes on the rise because Major League pitchers – hit their spots, and they get calls, and those kind of things happen against you. So uh, you got to be very careful, and I, I, I have to remind myself, what, he's 21 years old, so you just got to remind yourself to take a deep breath and look at the totality of the season. Be Try to be pragmatic about every move you make. No, no, you are absolutely right. So they, they got some options, and here's the hope, Dan, as they head into this two-game set against Kansas City and then really get tested for – I would say maybe the third time this season, the Brewers are a good ball club. We expect them to be a postseason team. You split with them. The Mets are one of the best teams in baseball. You drop two of three against them, and then you have the Giants. You got to get something going offensively. You can't totally lean on your pitching staff. I don't expect to see Nolan Gorman in the next week on this road trip, uh, but I hope to expect to see some guys turn the page Get rid of the month of April. You need O'Neill bad. You need Carlson bad. You need to figure out that shortstop position uh, because, look, the the year, while it's young, it can get away from you quickly. The pitching staff has done a very good job, but you need those bats to get on rolling. Hopefully, we'll have something to talk about offensively when we catch up in a couple of days. Okay, final question. Your expectations, your pitcher, your sinker baller. Tell me how a guy like Hudson can get more on track in maybe like the first inning or the second inning. Because once he gets through that, he's lights out. Yeah, it's so funny. I was having this conversation with somebody a little bit earlier in preparation for the pregame show on Valley Sports today. And that was my biggest key is, hey, he's just got to get rolling early. The first couple of innings, he wastes a lot of pitches to find his arm slot. Uh, to me, uh, I put a little bit more focus on the, the end of my bullpen session. Like I'm really going to hone in on I'm facing the first inning here. This is one, two, three. This is how I'm going to approach the three of these guys and really focus in on that instead of just kind of throwing pitches to get warmed up. And the the key is also really focusing on your warm-up pitches when you get out on that mount because as much as they try to keep the bullpen mount and the game mount as close to as, as close to the same as possible there are differences and where your foot strikes and where your arm is and a little tiny change in the mound can change that so in the seven pitches that he's got he needs to hone in on the zone but but for him uh, to, to simplify it a little bit once you get a feel for everything 
Don't try to be perfect in the first couple of innings. Throw your sinker down the middle. How many freaking 2-0 <laughs> sinkers down the middle have we seen be ground balls? How many 3-1 sinkers down the middle have we seen turn into ground balls when guys thought they were going to hit it 450 feet? Simplify the process, and you will have a lot of good results. Hey, buddy, always fun. Let's do it uh, in a couple of days. Sounds good, Dan. You enjoy your time in Kansas City, and I'll see you when you get back. You got it. That's Brad Thompson. I'm Dan McLaughlin, 101 ESPN, and the Redbird Report. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the cards, Danny Mack, and cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.